You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Join your hosts, Steph and Tara, every Wednesday morning as they dive into a new witchy topic. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. This is Steph. And this is Tara. And you are listening to episode 46, Dolls, Poppets, and Taglocks. Woohoo! You knew it was coming. <laughs> we have been talking about this one as uh, being one coming up, but we didn't really have a good place for it to fall in the schedule, so we kind of just slipped it in here. Sneaky-like. So we have talked a lot about dolls, especially in relation to Sabbath episodes. Yes. Because there are a lot of Sabbat associations with making dolls and corn dollies and things like that. So we've mentioned them in passing. So we thought it would be good to get into a little bit more about exactly what those are and how you make them. And other ways that they can be used other than just like a corn dolly representation of the goddess Bridget. There are other ways. (laughs) There are so many ways. These are very versatile, but they're used so often for very specific things that sometimes people forget how versatile they are. (laughs) Yes. I think people often, when they think of dollies, they either do that, you know, corn dolly association or they think voodoo dolls. Yeah. Like there's, there's no in between. So we are going to talk about a lot of people automatically go to, Hey, (laughs) voodoo dolls. And it's like, "Mm, not quite the same thing, but yes. So dolls are one of the earliest forms of physical magic that, has ever been discovered. They date back to um, 40,000 years ago, and they are found in almost every tradition. Yes. They have many different names. Uh, The term in European traditions is poppet. So you most often hear doll, doll baby, or poppet when they're being talked about in association with witchcraft. Yes. Poppet a lot. When I was first getting started, that was the term du jour. Poppet. Poppet. (laughs) Poppet. Yes, poppet is very popular in European traditions, and that's kind of where a lot of um, Wicca stems from. Yes. So Wicca is always associated with this European witchcraft. I mean, that's the Wicca started in Europe. So um, that's kind of where that comes from. So that's why that term poppet is so popular. But poppet isn't used very much in the United States. So I think we prefer Dolly over here. That like makes more sense to us, I guess. But you hear all of those a lot. Yes. <laughs> Again, so, I, I'm more familiar with Poppet, but it's talking about basically the same thing. <laughs> yes. Dolls are a form of sympathetic or representational magic. Yes. So sympathetic magic we've talked about is using an object to represent your target. So dolls represent a person or animal. Yes. They can also be used to represent deities or spirits. Obviously, Hollywood made voodoo dolls the most well-known. So when we talk about dolls, people automatically think of baneful magic, but that's not the case. They're more often used to heal rather than harm, actually. Yes. And you think of that voodoo doll and the pins. You should actually think of the pins as like acupuncture. You're not putting pins in to cause a headache but to take it away removing the pin from the doll removes the pain they act like more like a wand to focus energy to a specific point so it's not just this you know negative 
voodoo doll. I'm sticking a pin in you and you're going to have pain in your right leg. That's not how it, it's, it does work like that for voodoo dolls, but that's not the only way to do it. Yeah. And this is very accurate to, if you were physically to put pressure on, so both Steph and I get headaches and pressure points are amazing to cure headaches. Like you actually put pressure on certain points of your head and then it doesn't help the headache, but when you remove them, it's like, Oh, I can breathe and see and no headache. It's all gone. So that's kind of the theory on the pins into the dollies. Like you're putting additional pressure on. And then when you remove it, it releases the knot or the knot of energy, the tension, all of that. And you feel better. So we also mentioned in title that we were going to talk about tag locks. So let's just mention what that is really quickly. Yeah. Um, since this is a form of sympathetic magic, you want to tie the doll as strongly as you can to the person that it is representing. So this is when you would use a tag lock. A tag lock is something that directly connects the target and the spell together. Um, this is like pieces of hair or clothing. You can also use um, a full name, birthday, or picture. But you just want to, instead of just creating a random dolly and saying it's associated with this person putting that tag lock in there something that they own or creating it out of that person's clothing it just connects it so much better. more fully yeah so that's what we mean when we talk tag lock mm-hmm. so creating the doll <laughs> dolls can be created any out of anything that you can make a shape out of basically so they can be cloth mud clay Play-Doh, um, sticks, bread or cookies, you can bake them. Uh, wax. Highly recommend those. <laughs> no, wax, yarn, paper, and of course, fruits and vegetables, like we talked about corn dollies. Mm-hmm. Wood, plants, like just literally anything. Anything you can make into the shape of sort of representing a human or animal, that can be a dolly. Yes. And to fill the doll, you can use stuffing along with any corresponding herbs, ingredients, colors, or tag locks that you decide to put inside that doll. And that's it. Very simple. Ta-da! Simple yet complex. (laughs) (laughs) Once you have created the doll, you want to, what's called, activate it. The same way that if you created um, an oil or an herb mixture, we talked about activating the oil by rubbing it between your hands. You want to activate a doll. This is what gives it the magic. Like yes, creating a doll for your daughter or son or a favorite cousin or something and giving it to them is not going to make a poppet or a dolly. No, you want it to take on the spirit of that person that you're activating it for. Yes. There are many ways that you can do this. Um, breathing air into the doll is a very common way, mm-hmm. um, as is just praying or chanting over the doll. Yes. And you just want to be very specific when you do it and then treat it very carefully because you are putting the spirit of that person into that doll. So you want to treat it very gently and carefully. It's not something that, you know, like a toy that you just throw around. Yeah, definitely don't do that. (laughs) And we will get in a minute of um, ideas on how to use dolls. But first, you need to know how to release the doll. We talked about disposing of spell remains uh a doll is part of a spell so you have to release it properly yeah so when you are completed 
it's manifested what you want or you're just finished with it all in general you just want to thank it for its work and then release the spirit by cleansing it and telling it is released and then you want to take the doll completely apart yeah do never throw it away or give it to someone to play with or anything until it's complete take it apart don't just yes if you made it out of cloth and you sewed it together you need to take the threads apart um if you made it out of wax do you want to melt it back down if it's just um you know a paper doll you want to wash it away in some way uh you just want to fully take that apart yeah very important step so we have a lot of different ideas on how to use dolls so the most common way is as an intention doll which it it can be negative mm-hmm. that would be you know considered you know like the voodoo dolls because this if you, is the most common just because it's the most popular way of visualizing it i think yes um if you can heal with a doll you can definitely hurt with a doll so it is mm-hmm. possible but an intention doll is just having the spirit of that person and you know removing the negativity um, it can be used in healing and things like that. Um, that's kind of the most common way to use it. But there are other ways. A yeah. very popular one for witches is to use it as a decoy doll. Yes, I've definitely done this. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where you make a doll representing yourself. And this is especially popular for witches that work in um, baneful magic or they think that there's some sort of negativity following them around or maybe they think that somebody else has put some sort of hex or something on them. Uh, They like to create a decoy doll of themselves that just sits up on a shelf and that doll then collects all of the negative energy or negative things that are being uh, cast towards that person. It will be absorbed into the doll instead of actually hitting you. Mm -hmm. Even if so those are very popular. I was going to say, even if you don't do baneful magic, um, because I've used these before, and sometimes it's as simple as, like, you can't seem to get over a hurdle, your spells maybe aren't working, and you just need a clean slate, making a decoy doll will draw a lot of the negative energy and just kind of give you a clean slate to start over. If you've been having trouble with, like, a spell work or you just feel off, and nothing you seem to do is making it better. I've done a decoy doll just to kind of draw everything off and give me a clean slate to kind of get myself back into the groove of things and start working again and um, all of that. But make sure you cleanse the decoy doll <laughs> often. <laughs> uh, you can also, in the same way, make protective dolls for other people. Yes. It is more common obviously to make one of yourself but you definitely can do that for other people as well and you can make them in two different ways one's called a protection doll one's called more of like a shelf doll a lot of people make shelf dolls of their friends and loved ones and they just literally just sit on a shelf or even you know in a shoebox under the bed or something someplace that they're protected Mm -hmm. and when you're loved one or friends having a rough time of some sort you pull out their particular doll and do the spell work necessary to help them with whatever issue is going on in their life um and the same way you can make protection dolls for the loved ones and that would collect 
the sort of negative energy if they're going through like a rough time or maybe they have like a long-term illness that they're fighting. Um, you would make a protection doll in the same way that you would make a decoy doll for yourself. You would make yeah. a protection doll to protect them from these um, illnesses and things like that. They're very commonly used in these sort of health and healing spells. And a lot of people I know that do this, they tend to have, especially family members and close friends, they already have the dolls ready. Um, they maybe don't activate them, but they have everything set so that if there's an issue, they can activate them and start using the spell work almost immediately rather than having to create the doll um, in addition to activating it, doing the spell work, all that. It just saves a couple steps. And so a lot of people I know that really are into these, um, they keep a collection as it were, not a huge collection, but like of their immediate family and really close friends, just in case something were to go wrong. Uh, they have, it saves a little bit of time on the spell work. Yes, very true. Another common way that um, you can use dollies is as altar dolls, which we kind of talked about. Um, they often represent the goddess Bridget, but you can use them as on your altar to represent sort of any sort of uh, deity that you are working with. Mm -hmm. And they are often then used as spirit homes. So if you are working with a spirit or deity or something like that, um, when you set up this little dolly on the altar, you can actually invite that spirit to live in there. Yep. And be in that dolly, which is, again, when you are done using it, that is really why you want to release it. And you have to, you know, tell the spirit like, okay, we're, we're done with this dolly. This dolly is moving on. Like, let's move on to like a different home or yeah. I release you. Thank you for working with me. And then take the dolly down. But a lot of people do have that dolly representation on their altar for a spirit to actually live in, mm -hmm. which yeah. I have never done because I don't have a de dedicated altar space. So I've never invited a spirit to live in a dolly, but I know that is a very um, common practice. Even when I had a dedicated space, I did not do this. Um, I would do a poppet for a Sabbath but I would not keep it on the altar because I watched too many horror movies as a child and I always thought bad things would happen. So that's <laughs> neither here nor there on that, but it kind of freaked me out. So I did not feel comfortable leaving them activated enough. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's so true though. Like think about it, especially puppets, because a lot of times they don't have eyes, but you can tell they're watching you. Anyway, that's, that's my own <laughs> little issue. Not anything to do with puppets but <laughs> uh and like we said we've been talking mostly about them being a representation of a person but like we said in the beginning they actually can also be in the shape of an animal yes and represent an animal in that way so it's a good way to sort of work with uh, animal spirit guides uh, but you could also use them if you wanted to make one of your pet the same way that you would use it for making one for a human friend or loved one. And, uh, you know, if your if your pet has to go in for surgery or having some sort of illness, you can definitely make a pet poppet too. Did you make a pet poppet when Hawkeye was injured recently? I sure did. My dog had to go get uh, knee surgery. She basically had the dog version of tearing her ACL. By jumping off the couch, I would just like to point out, like, it was not something like, 
she should have injured herself on. It was just really oh, that, I don't I don't know what she did. So she had to go have surgery for that. I made a little little Hawkeye poppet, little dog poppet for Makes sense healing. to me. <laughs> for healing spell work. Yes. So you definitely can um, make one for your pets, which I think is a fun, fun way to do it. Yes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And now she's all better. So it worked. Yes. Exactly. Uh, I, I think that's all that I had that I wanted to share on Dolls and Poppets and Tag Locks. Tara, did you have anything you wanted to um, add? That's really all I had. One thing to keep in mind when you start working with uh, Poppets or Dollies, whichever you prefer to call them, they are really, really versatile, but everyone I've known that uses them finds one way they prefer to use them. Like, I know people that only use them as an intention doll. I, they don't put them on their altar. They don't put them on the shelf. They are very specific. Um, people that use the decoy doll, they may use an intention doll also, but generally they focus on. So don't be worried if you start, if you try all these different methods and you find one or two that really speak to you more. Um, almost every witch I know that uses these a lot, even though they are very, very versatile, there's one or two ways that you just kind of lean towards um, that are just more comfortable for you, that make sense to you. So I, I definitely recommend trying a couple of these different methods because they are so versatile and you can do so many things. But almost everyone I know is like, mm, this is how I use it. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, but this is how I use it. Um, I know people I, that yeah. only use it as an altar doll too. Like it's, it's just a personal preference, which I think is why people tie may not realize how versatile they are because individuals tend to use them in only one way. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely think if you are a very creative and hands-on person in your spell work, you will really like this. Yeah. Uh, so I just, we just wanted to throw that out there. Like, don't just think of this as negative or no. painful magic. There's, they have a lot of uses. So if you are a very, you know, hands-on visual person, then these might be a good option for you, especially if you are um, trying your hand at protection, healing. Um, these are also used for wealth and luck and things like that. Yep. And it's just a good way to visualize if you're having trouble sort of directing your energy. Um, it's good to have this tangible thing in front of you, um, especially if you're trying to direct healing to one part of the body. In mm -hmm. order to have like that, that physical representation in front of you really helps a lot of people. And I've mentioned before, I'm a very visual person. So having something physical that I can focus on has always helped me. Um, when I first started casting circles, I physically have to put down a circle, whether it was thread or salt or anything. Like I physically need to see it there in order to visualize filling it with my energy. So um, I definitely used Dolly's. Um, if that's the popular term now, <laughs> um, a lot when I was first getting started, but like I said, almost everyone I know that uses the, um, has uses of these tends to fall into one or maybe two categories of use. They don't use them for everything. So don't, I mean, try them for everything. If that's, if you want to see what works for you and what doesn't, but, uh, usually everyone kind of falls into, well, I like it for this, or I like it for that. So, um, even how versatile they are, people tend to uh, stick with one way. <laughs> yes, definitely. If you have 
a puppet that you've made, we would love to see it. So definitely to, yeah, tag us on Instagram, which Wednesday's podcast we just like to see. I am not great at anything that's sort of like on the arts and crafts end of the scale. Yeah. <laughs> really, really suck at that. So um, I have never made anything particularly pretty, but there are a lot of very crafty witches out there. Uh, so if you are one of them and made something really that looks great, I would love to see it. Um, even if you're not really crafty, some of these turn out really, really well. Um, I've seen a couple made from corn husks that are just fabulous. Like they're works of art. Like I am sad that they're going to have to be disassembled at some point. Like <laughs> they are, they do a beautiful job. So, I mean, depending on your craftiness or even if it just turns out really well, we'd love to see that too. Yep. Definitely. Let us know. Tag us on Instagram. Always. We love all the photos. (laughs) And if you have any further questions about dolls, puppets, and tag locks, let us know. You can send us a voicemail or an email um, or reach out on our website, witchwednesdays.com. We have all the ways. All the ways. (laughs) But that is all we have for you this week for episode 46. And we will see you next week for episode 47, which is all about elemental magic. I'm working with you. I'm excited about that one. And we will see you then. All right. Bye. Follow us on Insta. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thanks for listening to Witch Wednesdays with Steph and Tara. Love our content? Consider donating at anchor.fm slash witch-wednesdays to help keep our podcast up and running. Please leave us a voicemail on that same site if you have any questions or comments, and follow us on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast.